only one second on. Log Talk Radio. Here we go. This is all it about wine. wine. Talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. All right. Bust people seem to be quite happy tonight. I guess the big news mm-hmm. is before we get to our guest who is in the green room right now, before the big news is is the hurricane that just passed by us here. Yeah. We uh oh. Uh, I, I'm just north of Tampa, and uh, Mike is over just south of Orlando, and we dodged the major part of the storm. We were on the right-hand side of the spins. We did get our mm-hmm. water and yeah, you know, water and wind and and rain, yeah, but we didn't get storm surge uh, up and down the coast. They had water on the streets of all the uh, coastal communities. But we survived quite well. We didn't get it too bad. And uh, uh, so it uh, wasn't, you know, stuff in the yard and branches and stuff. But places like Crystal River, uh, which I it pretty much flattened it, and there's other areas up there where it went in, were devastated. So if if you are so inclined to donate to things for recovery efforts and stuff American Red Cross and ask them to put it toward the uh, hurricane recovery that's really the best thing to do uh, they uh, do a good job and there, there's people that don't have homes and there's some places that were being flooded and they caught on fire and I mean businesses and stuff it just it was horrible horrible up there so like I say if you are so inclined uh, want to donate anything American Red Cross uh, for the flood victims and they will get distributed and help people and all that so uh, had to had to talk about that since we were right at the edge of it uh, part of it there so all right uh, well we have ourselves a guest tonight Terry uh, Shumrick I hope I pronounced that wrong. I should have asked him how he pronounced his name before anything. Terry Shumrick. He is an actor and a winemaker, and he has a winery and all sorts of stuff. We talked to him for a few minutes before the show, and we're going to bring him on. We're going to talk about the same stuff again because he was telling us all sorts of interesting things that you all might want to listen to it too. So, Terry, welcome to All About Wine. Thanks for having me on. I, I I really appreciate it. My whole life is all about wine, 
but wait a minute, not really, because I'm also a master distiller. I make bourbon um, every day. Yeah, I make bourbon and rums and uh, guaves um, oh along gosh. along with my winemaking. Yeah, so I do I do a lot of different things. I've got a really um, interesting life, I'll tell you that much. Very, very That's exciting true. every single day. And an actor on top of all that, too. Wow. Just yeah, well, the acting, the acting came about because um, – uh, I did a like a little pilot program where I wanted to go into different wineries around the country and go in and do a you know a half an hour deal about the wineries and what they're doing and how they're doing it and that kind of a thing and that's where my acting uh, career started so um, yeah that that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to but one day I'm in my distillery. And a guy comes in, he's a writer, and you got to remember, we're here in Cincinnati, so we're as far away from, you know, everything in the whole country. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're as far away from Hollywood as you can get. And he said, I know a producer, um, or actually a director, and brought the director in. We started talking about, I want to do a series, and she talked me into doing a full-length movie, which is 102 Minutes. It's called Wine Thief, and um, that's how the acting side of my life got going, actually. Oh, so okay. it's, yeah, it's it was it was you know filming a movie in Paso Robles. I, m- I might add this: my brother is Tobin James. He's got a winery out in Paso Robles, really really famous winery. He's a famous guy. They make great wines. Um, they have the largest wine club. This is okay. This is what they're saying in the world with, um, yeah, oh, yeah, over 25,000, uh, you know, um, people that um, get a shipment twice a year, and it, it's a big deal. Um, yeah, oh, Tobin yeah. James, yeah, Tobin James Winery in Pass Robles. If anybody's um, thinking about going to Pass Robles, go to Tobin James, tell them that you know Terry, and go up to the bar and tell everybody at the bar that you know me, and, and I guarantee they'll be. Free wine flowing your way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they hate me when I do you, this kind of stuff. Before you get yourself painted into a corner here, Toby's going to be on the show in three or four weeks here. So uh, I'll let him know that you are offering free wine just by mentioning your name, and we'll see how he responds to that. I love it. I love it. You know, uh, he's he's my younger brother, so I get to trump him every time. So no matter uh, what happens, I get to rule. So yeah, it's a great thing. Like- Tobin James. Um, he, you know, the winery is a. If you look it up, it's a classic. Um, I want to say a western theme, and it's it's the coolest winery in Paso Robles. They, you know, they 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 they're all about you know, making sure you understand what the wines are all about that they're producing. They want you to have a good time when you walk in the door. Um, You know, it's just, it's really, really a great place to stop when you're in Paso Robles. We'll uh, we'll pass it on to Toby when he comes on. And when you're in Cincinnati, you also have your winery. So let's, where is that? What's the name of that? Well, the 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 I sold my winery and distillery to an outfit called Fifty West that I still mm-hmm. work for, oh, and I um, so I bounce back and forth between wine and bourbon, rye, 
vodkas, guaves, dark rums. You know, I oh kind of go gosh. back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah we do a lot. Um, but my primary focus on the wine side, if y'all can believe this, is blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, and strawberry. Mm. Now, you know, most people are saying, oh. I don't know about, you know, if I like those or not, but let me tell you, we sell tremendous volume of mm. all three, I mean, all four of those wines and because people talk dry, and then when you give them something sweet, they buy sweet. I mean, <laughs> I see it, yeah, I, I see it yeah. everywhere. No, they I do. mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I don't even drink my, my own wines. I don't drink them. I mean, you know, I'd rather have a nice Zinn or a Cab or Pinot or whatever, and, mm. um, but... There are so many people that love blackberry wine. It's incredible, especially on, on you know, east of the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. I, there was a guy. Yeah. I had a winery down here in Florida, and uh, I, I closed it down. But uh, a few years ago, uh, well, oh, maybe eight, nine years ago now, a guy came in. He was sipping my wine. He says, I opened up a wine. He says, I make all my wine even drier than yours. My wine would be so dry. And I'd say, and then people would come in and taste it and start walking out the door because it's not sweet enough. And you'd be chasing after them saying, I'll add sugar, I'll add sugar, you know, because people <laughs> do like the sweeter wines. You know, it's just overall, I mean, the majority of people would prefer some sweetness to their wines as opposed to the dries. I mean, it's just. Absolutely. Been I mean, discovered you, you come to Cincy. Yeah, you come to Cincy. And I'm, I'm not talking to Sam, but I'm talking Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia. And, um, you know, the, the, the very first wineries were right here in Cincinnati, and some of the people will say over in Kentucky. But, you know, everybody grew Concord. And yeah. that's oh, yeah. where all the sweet wines got going. And, yeah. um, you know, right here where I'm sitting used to be a vineyard at my house, and I live in Hyde Park in Cincinnati, and oh, okay. it was a Concord, yeah. It was Concord, Catawba, and Niagara, and that's mm -hmm. what people started in America. And the good thing is in upper New York and out in California and, and a lot of other places in, in, in the country, um, you know, really good dry wines started to really crop up in the early 70s, and then they started blossoming in the 80s and 90s, and people really refined their acts in you know in in 2000 and moving forward so there's everything for everybody i just have to be on the sweet side i have uh, well a couple of weeks ago was it mike i'm getting confused on the dates i had a a gentleman on who is uh an advocate for american wines and not mm -hmm. I, american grapes and american wines and uh, he said they're all not sweet. He said, you know, we, we tend to label American grapes as sweet, but they're not. He said there's a lot of drier styles out there that uh, people just don't give it uh, a chance. It's, it's well, it, it goes back to yeah, – it goes back to Riesling. Back when I was growing up, and probably you guys too, you know, Riesling was a sweet wine. And yeah, that's, that's what it was. Now you can get, yeah, you can get dry Rieslings that are really, really good. And you would never believe that they're a Riesling because they're dry. Right. Yeah. So no, yeah, that's true. there's a lot of, yeah. 
A lot of people think that, you know, when they say a reason, well, I love a good reason. I said, sweet or dry? Well, they're sweet. No, 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 no. And Germany makes the sweet reasoning, so people are tend to, you know, think sweet that way, and they don't equate it to the fact that they can be dry. Um, now, yeah. Uh, your, your movie, you're an actor. You went to California. They said, here, let's go do a movie. Uh, yeah. Without... You know, give us give us a teaser. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want you to tell us all about the movie, but <laughs> I, I want to. I, I want the people out there to know enough about it to want to go see it, but don't tell them what it is. So then that way they don't say, "Oh, I don't need to see it. I already know." Um, right, right. What's right, the right. movie about? Well, I mean, first of all, you can go on YouTube and go just type in "Wine Thief" trailer. And that will give you our trailer uh, as to, you know, the the actors that are in it and a little bit about the movie. Um, But the movie is about two competing wineries that are trying to win the Golden Globe Wine Awards. And Mm -hmm. the one that wins it gets to do the series that I was talking about earlier, Um, you know, that, that, that they get this series on television so, uh, you know, to talk about wine and stuff. And it's a, it's a comedy, and wow. it's all about wines, and th- this is not a documentary. This is a funny show. There's a lot of, lot, a lot of funny stuff that happens in the show um, because when we were doing it, and I helped the guy that um, wrote the movie, um, Brian Dobkins, you know, I helped him. I said, look, it's got to be funny, and we changed a whole lot of things in the movie to make it more fun. <laughs> happy um it's it's not quite a hallmark film but it's a feel a feel good film um so much um uh scenery in past robles that it's incredible um you a know, beautiful we, area beautiful, beautiful yeah and we shot it we shot it at um toby's winery mm-hmm. and it, well there was there was three wineries actually um crowed and calcareous and Toby's, and then we filmed it at his house, which is, you know, ask him about his house when he comes on because okay. <laughs> he he may not want to talk about it, but it's incredible. And when you see <laughs> some of the trailer, yeah, yeah, it's it, it you know the whole movie was fun for the, about the first three days, and then <laughs> it got to yeah, then it was hard because you had to be on set, you had to know your lines. You you know you had to be an actor, and when you you kind of have to like lose touch with reality and become the person that you're playing. Now, mm-hmm. fortunate for me, I was playing me. Um, oh, my there you go. my yeah, and and Toby was played by a different actor, but you know, so I got to be me, but I had to you know kind of lose touch with the reality to get into these scenes and try to portray you know what we were doing to uh you know to the audience mm-hmm. so oh, it man. you know people if, if if you see a good actor on television you know what praise them because it is hard <laughs> when you know I, I mean when you have to know lines and when to give them and and especially a long you know a long drawn long. out line oh. that you've got it, it it's intense because we don't live our lives like we like you see me on on film, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah. you know these. Yeah, you watch a lawyer film. These guys are talking lawyer stuff. I couldn't do that. I, that, that. You have to be way smarter than me 
as an actor to do that type of acting. So, or even doctor um, says, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so people who want to be actors and they think they can do it, uh, you you know, it's a little bit harder than you think. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, being on the radio is harder than people think. I mean, I've been on the radio for 25 years um, doing sports. And, you know, we all know that there are times that crop up where things get quiet and you've got to jump in. And it's the same with acting. You have to be right on all the time. Now, yeah, that being said, it, it was fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. We we had our share of wines and probably went to the set the next day a little more hungover than we should have been. But maybe <laughs> you'll see that in the film. You know? yeah. but is, the, the movie is not technical then it's not talking about things about wine uh i mean the name of the movie wine thief uh, you know i don't know if people are familiar but that's the little thing you stick into a barrel of wine and you uh, it, it brings out wine so you can put it in the glass and you can test and taste the wine that's in the barrels yep. and stuff like that that's a wine thief mm-hmm. and that's that's the name of it. i mean it's not like people stealing wine uh, right. The movie itself is not full of uh, technical terms about wine, and it's not it's not going on with different things like that. Then it's just uh, no. It, okay. It's um, it's 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 a um, you know we do use the wine thief in the movie, but mm-hmm. the you see a lot of pe- you know there's a lot of wine drinking going on. But there is no technical um, aspect of the movie at all. It's all about it's a, it's a comedy. It, we're drinking wine and we're you know trying to beat the other winery at their own game. And okay. so it's it's a comedy. I mean, I could I could tell you, but I, yeah, like you said, I don't want you to know the ending. No, no, we don't want to know. Of course, that. you probably know the ending, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So no, it's not it's, a documentary at all. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, it's, it's just, a comedy. Just, I mean, it, it, it's something that when, you know, when it comes out, it's probably going to come out in January. You know, it's snowing out or down in Florida, it's beautiful and you're playing golf. But, I mean, it's something you can sit down and if you watch the trailer, it's it's exciting. I mean, you, you, you get this, oh, yeah, I would watch this. So it's um, it's it's a good it's a good wine movie. There's a couple of them out that I'm sure a lot of people have seen. And, it's you know, this is a comedy. It's not like those shows, so. Well, it's should be it should be fun. What the uh, oh the wineries that they're at? What side of uh, not one? What uh, one hundred one? You know what are they east or west of? Uh, well, all, all the wineries are in Paso Robles. Yeah, but uh, the is main highway that asking? runs down, yeah the main highway that runs down through Paso Robles. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, what, what, it's it's one hundred one. One hundred one. Okay. One hundred one. It, and 46 runs west. through. Yeah, 46. The winery. Yeah, it's on 46. But from if you're coming into Pass Robles, it's on the east side of 101 okay. or oh, okay. on the east side of 1. Yeah, okay. So you're yeah, heading well, back it, towards Bakersfield on 46. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with the area, and I just wondered – where it was, lo- where the wine was located. I, the last time I was out there was, oh, gee, it had to be oh, 12 years ago. I was last time I was out in Paso Ropos. Uh So now you need, um, you need you need to go back because Toby he'll he'll do you right. One one thing about Toby, he treats everybody the same, 
and that's with grandeur. I mean, he's <laughs> very, very, very um, accommodating. He's, um, he, he, you know, if, when you're around him, you, you, you just get this, you know, the, the, the energy level is up five notches. Um, he's very, mm-hmm. very generous. Um, you come to his house, and he, he doesn't care who you are. You're going to be treated just like everybody else that's ever been to his house, which is wonderful. Oh, sounds like a great person. I'm looking forward to talking with him. Um, your movie, okay, it's not out yet. You, you in passing said you expect in January. What's your next step here? You know, we were talking about a little bit before the the show. Right. But, uh, what What's your next step with the with the movie here? What What's going to be okay? Happening? So we're going to go to the American um, film market, and the American film market. Which, you know, until I, – I didn't even know this, but the American film market is where all the independent filmmakers in the United States – and I'm generalizing that – come to this market to sell their um, films. These no. films are, are – yeah, these films are represented – I mean, th- there's people from um, – you know, all over the world that come to this to buy films to, um, you know, fill up their, their, their time slots in these different countries. Um, oh, wow. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I never, I never knew all this. I mean, it's, it's a lots and lots and lots of people from different countries. So what we're hoping to do is, A, sell it here in the United States, and B, maybe sell it to – now I'm just, you know, I'm just talking here, Japan right. and Australia and Norway, you know, where these people oh, are I looking see. for content. So right. it's, um, you get a little booth and I, you, you, you know, you, you sell your wares as, as you might say. Where, where is this located? So, where do they do this? This is in Santa Monica. I'm Santa Monica, so, California. Okay. Yeah. This will be on the 31st of October through like the 4th. So we'll be out there, um, me and Toby and the director. uh, You know, we'll all be there. You know, I've never been to anything like this. It's a really big deal. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people that come. Yeah. Wow. It's good. Never, never heard of that before. That that sounds like a quite quite a time you're going to have there. (laughs) I promise you, I'm going to have quite the time because here's the greatest (laughs) thing about going to California. I don't have to be an actor. I can be a mm. character. <laughs> and that's what I plan on doing. Kind of being a character. Because, California, yeah. uh, California's no, nobody full of knows, <laughs> Yeah. Well, nobody knows who I am, so I can be this, this, this character in California. And, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be fun. So that that, that's where like we're going next. Yeah, and and hopefully like. um, it, it leads to, like, we want to do a sequel. So, um, right. you know, yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody buys it for enough, then we can do a sequel, and who knows where it's going to go from there. Yeah, start coming up with a series of them. Well, it seems like the the subject of uh, trying to find, trying to be the best in wine is sort of lends itself to not having a sequel. Once somebody wins, then you have a winner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but you have to remember, you know, anytime there's anything on any screen, it's basically fictional. And so the best thing about it is, is 
we, what we would do for the sequel is start filming as if we were doing half an hour shows uh-huh. and then the comedy that goes along with why these shows didn't work or why they did work or, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's so oh, comedy okay. again. Yeah. So just keep going the same genre there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a great way to do it. I want to talk a little bit more about your wine, your, your, your wines and stuff like that. We were just, okay. we talked for just a minute and then we got sidetracked. Um, do you make the the five wines, the five fruit wines, or is, have you turned it over to someone else? No, actually, I do make them. So <laughs> I'm I'm right in there with the boots. Um, let me just back up a little bit. The Shumrick family here in Cincinnati started a winery back in uh, 1986 in Indiana, uh-huh. and we planted a, yeah we planted a big vineyard. And back in the day, the vinifera were, you know, just emerging. And we had Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Cabernet, Merlot, Sangiovese, um, along with, you know, the whole crop of American grapes, plus the French hybrids like Vidal, Saval, Dachinac, Foch. You had all those? Um, oh, yeah. We had, we had all these. We had um, over 70 acres of grapes. All but different types. It, all different types because um, we had a we had a big winery that had a reception area that could seat 250 people. We had oh. a 170 seat restaurant. Um, uh-huh. So you know, yeah, oh yeah, it was big time, and people would Where come was in. That and, and it was located in a town called New Alsace, Indiana. Um, oh. From Cincinnati, it's about 40 minutes, so it's oh, you know tall. not yeah. very far away. Yeah, because, you know, Ohio butts right up to Indiana and Kentucky. So I can be in Kentucky in 10 minutes in Indiana and 20 minutes. So Mm -hmm. we had a large winery out there producing all of our stuff right there. Everything was, you know, estate bottled um, right on the the premise. And, you know, it it was great. I mean, being a winemaker was wonderful back then because you got to remember, here – in in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, I mean, wines were, you know, these new wineries were popping up, and it was big back here. Um, oh, yeah. and, you know, a new winery, yeah. I mean, people were like, man, there's a winery. We can go to a winery for on Saturday and taste wines and eat some food. So it was a big deal. Um, and we were growing some really, really, really good grapes um we bought you know the pinot noir stock from upper new york because Mm -hmm. it was acclimated to the weather up there and Uh um you know but the problem was the weather down here didn't cooperate all the time i mean we would get to (laughs) you know negative 20 i mean you know if you've lived in new york long enough you've seen you know back in the day it was really 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 cold back here and the vinifers do not do well yeah, they would. Nope. The trunks would split, and we would get every infection you could ever get into uh, <laughs> the vines, and we'd be cutting them down and bringing up the suckers, and you know, retrellising them. So it was it was a labor of love. I mean, you, you know, you can only do it when you're young because the one thing about growing grapes, the weather never cooperates when you're trying never. to work in the vineyard. No, never. It's either cold 
or hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, or he, you get a here in Florida, in the vineyard I had, it was either too wet or too dry or, you know, bugs. I mean, you know, you're right. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it would never cooperate. I mean, California and even up in New York and everything, the, the, temper, the, the, the um, climates are less harsh, I should say. Yeah. Um, but That's here diverse. in Ohio and Florida, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. So, but we did make some world-class pinots. Um, we had some really good calves. The one thing that we really did well was Chardonnay because oh, we could bring the Chardonnay grapes in. They didn't have to be at 21 bricks, you know, where everybody says it has to be. We could bring them in at 17 or 18 bricks, and the pH was right. And then what we would do is we would, you know, add sugar to take them up to maybe 22 or 23 bricks and then put them in barrels and then um, barrel fermented. And, oh, okay. that, you know, this was the beginning of barrel fermentation. I and mean, we're talking back in the, you know, in the 80s when even California was experimenting with it. And we do a malolactic fermentation in the barrel at fermentation, which was kind of unheard of because most people did a malolactic after the fermentation was done. After. Then they, yeah. yeah, yeah, after. And I was like, no, we're going to do it all at once. Um, because it's always warm, and that malolactic does not like to, you know, do its thing when it's cool. So <laughs> we did that, and, man, we made some really nice buttery Chardonnays <clears throat> from, you know, grapes out of Indiana that, you know, people came from all over the, you know, all over the, the, the tri-state to um, taste them and buy them. I mean, we were always sold out of Chardonnay, but, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so – it was it's a really interesting market back here as far as you know you know people like local but they really like local when it's really good so that's good yeah, yeah. So, we did. Uh, so so that winery how long did, did the family have it and what happened to it and do they still have it um well yeah no we we sold it um mm-hmm. it was a yeah i mean it was it, it got to a point where it was big and the family dynamics did, you know, started playing into it. And mm. I was out there every day. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a, it's a tragedy to be honest with you. And yeah. you know, the, you know, the, the, there's, I'm one of nine kids. Wow. So you can, yeah, you can only imagine. And and a lot of the kids came out and worked out there and poured their heart and souls into it. And all of a sudden, when the money started rolling. And it started getting bigger, and we needed to expand, and you need to put an extension over here and put new tanks in down there, new press. Um, it got, it, you know, it got dicey. I don't even know how to put mm-hmm. it. But, you know, if anybody who's owned a family <laughs> business can understand this. And um, so one day we all decided, hey, look, we're just going to go ahead and sell this. And so we, it, we sold it. Oh, and that was the was... end of the, it. Was, it, it was called Chateau Pommier. And oh, Pommier okay. spelled... Yeah, it's, called, it's spelled P-O-M-I-G-A-E, and that's my mother's maiden name. So it was oh. House of Pommier. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it was beautiful. You can go online and look it up. Just type in Chateau Pommier. Um, it was sold, but the, the buildings, you know, they are still there. They're still operating it. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful track land out in the rolling hills of southern Indiana, all stone and and wood big fireplaces it was yeah it breaks my heart a little bit you know yeah but, i can imagine yeah. it's, it's still operating under the same name 
it is still operating under the same name. The new owners um, haven't haven't done um, haven't pursued the passion that the Shumrick family had for it, and I think it's only open a few days a week. Um, because I, I also think that with the advent of all the breweries opening and distilleries opening, people's focus in America has shifted from the boutique wineries out in the country of, you know, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky to, hey, look, we can go to a local brewery. Uh, there's a couple oh, local yeah. distilleries. You, you, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that if you're not big right now in the Midwest, to open a winery is extremely difficult. It's uh, it, very hard to open one anyway because of the – all the rules and regulations. Every time I've talked to anyone that's just opened a winery, it's not like, okay, I think I'll open up a winery now, and by the end of the year, you're going to have it up and running. It takes right. 18 months to get the license and get everything approved, and it just it's ridiculous, um, the government uh, fingers that they have in it and how long it takes to get everything approved along the line and all that. So... You know, um, I know it's, that's why. You know, I I broke all the rules. I broke all the rules. I made my first vintage in Indiana in a barn, in a cattle barn, because the winery (laughs) hadn't been approved. So I moved the tanks up to the cattle barn, and there's literally a dirt floor. But we could move the press up there. I mean, that's where we did the first vintage, and we put it in stainless steel tanks. And finally, when we got our license, we moved it down and pumped it, you know, pumped it into the tanks down in the winery. So that that's a true story. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, we thought, oh, we'd have a license in six months. That didn't work that way. And then I said, the grapes are coming. Yeah, we got to do something. And so we just we made it on the dirt floor. I wish I would have had a picture of what happened. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Takes forever to get the licensing and, and everything squared away. Uh, it's it's absurd. And uh, you know, when somebody wants to open a wine, and that's you know, not just federal, state. You got all the state hoops to jump through, and then the federal hoops to jump through, and it's it's absurd. Uh, you know, I've fed lots yeah, of people. It, it takes time. Um, I've I've gotten good at it because you know I've opened a winery there, opened a winery here in Cincinnati, and and three distilleries. So mm-hmm. um, you know, so when it comes to the government stuff, I'm really pretty good at it. But it's only because I had to get good at it. If I didn't want to stay up all night trying to figure it out, so exactly. yeah, it's good. That's that's just how it is too. Is you know. If you work at it and get good at it, you can usually just get it done right away. So the right. uh, uh, the distillery, uh, you, you just mentioned that. Well, no, I'm not done with winery yet. Uh, back up. So they stole, sold that, and you all helped them, the new owners, get started and get going, I'm sure. And uh, uh, But then the winery that you have now, did you open that yourself or uh, – uh, the one with the I did. fruit one, did you? Okay. I did. I mean, I mean, it was an easy transition. So I'm I'm out of Indiana, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I go to a winery in Kentucky that is um, very very small, and I said, hey, 
what about if I make your wines for you and I make my wines for me? And, you know, we just kind of split it down the middle. I'll make, you know, they, I think they were growing um, Save All. They were growing Vidal, some Cab, uh, and, and some Merlot. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll make your wines for you, but I want to make blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, and strawberry. And they're like, well, you're crazy, dude, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we'll, we'll go with this. So, um, you know, I started making their wines, and then all of a sudden, you know, I start, I, I, I you know, produce my own stuff. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sell this. And so I start selling it. And now all of a sudden I'm working, you know, 12 hours a day on my stuff and one hour a day on their stuff. So we got together. Yeah, we got together. And um, I said, why don't we just put it under, uh, you know, one umbrella and I'll make everything. Here's my salary. And, you know, off to the races we go. Well, I mean, it came. It became really, really obvious that um, when the semis are backing up and you're loading, you know, a half a semi full of pallets with blackberry wine on them, that okay, the writing's <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to grow Cabernet or anything. You know, we you can go out to, you know, a number of sources and buy the juice, bring it in, ferment it, put it in the bottles, and you got, you know, you got whatever you want basically. But exactly. the, the yeah, the, the the blackberry, though, I mean, you know, I made so much money off of blackberry that it's ridiculous. And when I started making it back in the 80s, yeah, nobody was doing it yet, and I perfected it. I mean, I, I started using concentrates, which, you know, mm. everybody was like, well, that's not being a purist and everything. And I said, well, check the Mercedes out. You want purist or you want a Mercedes? So this is how it is, you know. This is how we're going to roll with this conversation. And, um, you know, it, it, I did the same thing with the raspberry and the strawberry. And, and then I started doing cherry and pear and peach and all the other varieties. And it was, it was easy, and the public liked those types of wines. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So um, long story short, it was a family-owned business. And one day, you know, I, I see these kids growing up and getting older and older and older. And one day the owner of the winery comes up and says, well, you know, my son wants to start making wine. And I was like, uh oh, you know, plan, <laughs> you know, 67 needs to be implemented right now because I could see the writing on the wall. You and that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I already, I relived through one. Now I'm living through another. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to go do my, yeah, I'm going to go do my own thing. And if I make it, I make it. If I don't, you know, I don't know what I'll do. But um, so it's, it's a wild world in the wine world. And I really think you need to, you need a little bit of luck in the wine world to make your winery a success. It can't yeah. just be on, we're going to open it. Oh yeah. You, you, and it was the old saying too, you know how to make uh small fortune in the wine business mm -hmm. you start yeah. with a large fortune and that's just uh Absolutely. you know every everybody in the wine business knows that saying i mean it just it's <laughs> something we all live with um so well you, toby uh, toby he he started with a, a small fortune um yeah when you have him on his story about how he started and i hope he mentions my name because that was out there a lot but um, he started. He he started a little 
tiny winery and he lived above the winery. So he, he, you know, he'd get up in the morning, you know, stumble down the steps because, you know, Summers are drinkers, we'll admit it. And he stumbles down the steps, goes to work, and when he was done, he could stumble back up the steps. And then, as I always say in every business deal, this phrase comes out. And then one day. So, and yeah, that, you know, every successful person has that saying in their repertoire. And yeah, then yeah. one day then the state came day. in and said, yeah, on, on Highway 46, they said, we're going to put a turn lane into your street right here. And his winery's within 100 feet of the street. And that changed everything. So when you could get off the highway and, you know, without getting run over and pull off and go to his place. And then one day it all changed. So, yeah. So, you know, this, the small wineries, like I say, you need a little bit of luck to get big in the small winery business. Yeah. Well, Pothoropos is so full of small wineries. I mean, it just, it's amazing you you drive around the hills there and, and all that and you go around a hill and you pull up this driveway and here's a house with a garage with two barrels and a board mm-hmm. and that's their tasting room <laughs> and it's just phenomenal wines but they make two wines and that's it a cab and a pinot noir and but they're they're phenomenal and then you as you're going back down the hill here's another one that has instead of a garage their shed and two barrels on a board yeah. again, and I mean, it's just—it's all over Pasarobos like that. I, and uh, unlike yeah. any other place I've ever been, Pasarobos is just full of those little small. People have you know five acres or so. Yeah, it's better yeah. than Napa, actually. I think yeah, I think Pasarobos is better than Napa because there's the the the, the tourism in Napa is so intense. You go to, to Paso Robles, it's a lot more laid back, and everything's more spread out. you got to drive through those wonderful hills with the oaks, with the Spanish moss, and, you know, all the stuff. And, it, yeah, you, you're right. It's, it's magical when you go to Paso Robles. And it's not costing you, you know, $50 every time you want to do a tasting, too. I mean, right. you, you go in, you have a couple of wines to taste and they'll sit there and they'll talk with you about them and all that and the person who made it is right there to talk to you you're not talking to uh, a bunch of uh, right. uh, uh kids who uh, are working the the pouring or the tasting bar and it's just it's so much different in Pasaropas. i mean or as opposed to napa or sonoma yeah, yeah period i mean it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful place and you know for all the listeners out there, go to Paso Robles and, you know, it's affordable. You know, yes. there, there's, there's, the, the hotels are affordable. The wines are affordable, easy to drive around, lots of entertainment at night, you know, when you go down into Paso Robles um, mm-hmm. versus going to, you know, Napa. It's a real small town. Paso Robles is a real small town located right on 101. And is if you want to, you're not too far from all sorts of other little small towns that have lots of stuff going on. But you can stay right there in Pasaropos. There's, well, last time I was out there, there was like eight or ten hotels right there in town. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's a great place. I mean, it's a it's a great little area and all that. And it's not Napa 
yet. It's still, no. you know, within her own. Well, and, and the other thing is the coast is 30 minutes away. You can go over to yeah. Morrow Bay and you're right on the ocean and the best restaurants you've ever seen. And a lot of them are very inexpensive, you know, so mm-hmm. you can do the coast, you know, one day and the wineries the next day. And, you know, Monterey's not far away. San Luis Obispo no. isn't far away. So, I mean, there's a lot to do in that little tiny geographical area called Paso mm-hmm. Robles. It is, yeah. And it's easy to get to. I mean, it's, it's very, very mm-hmm. simple. Uh, if you fly in San Francisco, you can get yourself in a car, go down, and uh, like Terry just said, Monterey, and you know, you, you know, want to see a beautiful trip, go down Highway One, uh, along oh, Big Sur, yeah. and then cut across to uh, Paso Robles. There you go. You've got your trip planned out for everybody out there now. And then that, sure that's that. all you got to know right there, and you can go <laughs> through the artichoke um, heart of the world. Which that's is, right. you know, just, yeah, Castro. right near Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, Castro, the, the, the heart of choke capital of the world, Castroville. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. stationed at uh, Fort Ord back when it was a Fort Ord there. Um, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not Fort Ord anymore. I think, no. uh, I, I think it's a subdivision and, and you know, uh, whatever. I don't know. I haven't been there since they they switched it over but yeah i was stationed at fort ord and so i had an opportunity to uh two years i was there so i had an opportunity to visit lots of areas around there and see lots of things fell in love with the area it's just a beautiful area there and so yeah that's that's, um, that's yeah where that where that station was when we were out there in i don't know maybe it was when were you out there? I mean, I was out there. I think it was still rolling in the night in 1990, maybe. Oh, it was before then. I it's when I got back from Vietnam in 71. That's uh, where I was for 71, 72. Then uh, got married and lived there uh, for another year. Went up to San Francisco, Concord, outside of San Francisco. Lived there for yeah. five more years, and so. You know, I was uh, that area, but it was, yeah, it was uh, in the 70s, mid, late 70s. It was fun. It was fun back then. It was really yeah, it was. fun back then. You know, a lot yeah. of different culture than it is now. I mean, it was, it really is. Really? People don't understand the, how it's changed. But um, so you're making wine now. So how did you get into your whiskeys and your bourbons and your That's a good question. That's a very everything. good question. I was I was working okay, so when Chateau Pommier when we decided to sell, I went to um uh, a, a winery in Kentucky called Stonebrook Winery. And um while I was there, you know, I was making the wines and I I told you earlier about, you know, I was making theirs and I was making wine. But my brother Michael had a farm here in Milford, Ohio, which is probably only 20 minutes from my house. And um, I asked him if I could buy a still, put it on his farm, and start, like, practicing, you know, making some moonshine. And, you know, this is this is, this is is 13 years ago. So this is before, mm-hmm. you know, all the hype came up. And so he said, sure. So I – Put the you know, I bought a still from down in Kentucky, just a hundred gallon still, 
and, um, you know, went out there and started perfecting my craft and soon learned that a hundred gallon still is not a very big still. I mean, to, to get anything out of it, man, you, you were there all day long watching this stuff come out of this thing and going, okay, I'm really kind of bored with all this, but you know, where's the end game? So I bought a 200 gallon still. Now this, this, yeah, this one, you know, when, when we designed it, I said, look, you know, you, you have a big column that comes up and then like cranks over to the right. And what happens is every time these, these guys build these stills and these columns come up at eight or nine inches and they go across and then they condense them down to maybe a three inch, um, you know, um, arm coming across into the condenser. And right. I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. You need to make what comes up six inch come across five inch, go into the um, condenser at four inch because <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is going to be faster. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot faster because it's already taken all the copper it can do. We've done everything magical we can do in the pot still, but now we we don't want to be here for twelve hours. We only want to be here for five or six hours. There you so, go. Yeah, so little did I know, but 11 years ago, I started doing this, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody started doing it, because I was <laughs> preaching, you know, this is the way to do it, and so, yeah, I wish I could have patented it. But anyway, um, kind of a funny story, when I'm out in Milford one day, and I'm making some moonshine, and we're not really selling it yet. I mean, I'm giving it away. Maybe if I could sell, a, you know, a gallon for 20 bucks, I'd sell it. And so I go into the barn, and we had, you know, security on it. So I, I go in, and I fire up the still, and, I, I you know, I put the mash in, and I'm cooking it, and here comes the, you know, the bourbon's coming out. And my brother calls me, Mike. And he says, hey, the alarm's going off at the barn. What, what's the deal? And I'm like, well, I've been here for, you know, three hours getting the still up and running. He goes, well, I didn't know you were there, so the cops are coming. Oh! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. don't have license. And that is moonshine. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're moonshining to the max. I mean, there's <laughs> jugs laying around, barrels laying around, everything. If you, if you can just picture – a moonshining <laughs> operation, this is what's happening. And so yeah. I look down, and there's a 700-foot um, driveway going up to, you know, um, Round Bottom Road. And I look out, and here's coming down the road, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> this, is not, this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to end, because this thing's boiling. I mean, it's hissing, and I got water running to it, and, you know, out of the condenser, comes the, the the warm water that I'm just draining on the on the driveway that's out front. It's a gravel driveway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, there's there's no denying what's going on here. So I run out. Yeah, I shut the garage door. I mean, it's a barn. I shut the barn door, and the police pull up, and I, you know, I'm like walking as far down the driveway as I can get. I'm like, hey. I'm Terry Shamrick, and it's okay, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. And, they're, you know, they, they, they get out of their car, and they're looking around, and they're like, what the hell's going on here? And I said, well, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on here. Why would there be something going on here, you know? And yeah, some reaction. Always act yeah. innocent. <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes, well, what's in the barn? And I'm like, um, you know, 
lawnmower equipment, rotor tiller. Do you want to, you know, <laughs> do you want the inventory of what's in there? And the guy's looking at me in the water, and I could hear the this still hissing, and he's like, okay, 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 we got this. All right, no problem. You got a lawnmower in there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, big lawnmower. I'm, I'm it's watching running. it. Hear I'm, the noise? It's, yeah, 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 it's running. <laughs> hear the noise? Yeah. That's, that's the lawnmower. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, he, they, you know, they look at each other, and I'm like trying to walk them back to their car, and yeah, they get in their car and they they spin around and take off and leave, you know, and I'm like, I better have a shot of some, I better have a shot of some hundred hundred twenty proof proof white dog coming out of that thing because yeah. that was really close. That was close, yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. of talking to me, you could have been in jail (laughs) well subsequently i learned that you know the police force does not act upon a federal offense so when you're making moonshine that's a federal thing it's not a local thing so then i decided i better get a license so Mm -hmm. then i got a license and now i run a 500 gallon still and a thousand (laughs) gallon still so it's it's a lot different and yeah it's yeah it's 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 a beautiful beautiful thing now so and and my copper stills are are, you know they only had you know steam up a condenser and out now the the um 500 gallon still you know, we've got a deflagometer up on top. We can, mm. you know, cut the cut the water going to it. We can chill it. We can open it wide open. I mean, there's so many different, um, you know, parameters that we can roll by depending on what we're trying to make. So it's it's a lot uh, more fun. Yeah, I can. Imagine. So you have a, a label for uh, your spirits there. What is it? Um, is no. It? Oh, oh. Uh, well, actually, we do. It's called Robert James. And that's the company that I work for. But uh-huh. I also I also do some things over on the side for myself that we do not have a label for yet. Oh, so see. that's that's to come. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Um is there a tasting room for your spirits or um, I mean no, there is no tasting rooms for the spirits. We did have a tasting room when it was called Shumrick and Lees. Um, mm. I had two partners, and it was Shumrick and Lees. It was Bill Easley and Tad Hinkley. And we had a tasting room, and we had a bar, and we had bands, and, uh, oh, wow. you know, the whole nine yards. But when the bigger company came in, um, you know, they just said, here's the money. And we're like, ah, shoot, you know, mm. Maybe we ought to take this. In retrospect, we should not have taken it, and we should have kept doing what we were doing. But, you know, I mean, what you know, somebody dangles that carrot out there, and you're hungry. What do you do? You grab it, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, not that's no, probably. very understandable, yeah, yeah. So that's what we did. Um, but I still make you know some really really good bourbons, some rye, uh, rum, aguave, vodka. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I still get to do all the things that I've been doing and every day I tweak it a little this way, a little that way. It's like being an artist. I mean, there is definitely an art to making, you know, winemaking and, um, bourbon. So it's good. Yeah. Any spirits, it's, it's an art to get it just right. So, and you know, wine, you, you put that in your mouth and it's just like, oh, you know, a nectar of heaven here and, 
I understand that completely. Um, yeah, so if you guys ever come to Cincinnati, you know, definitely call me. Oh, I, I, I will yeah. definitely show you some red carpet treatment that will just blow you away. Yeah, it's it's very very interesting when you're up close and you can touch it and see it and smell it and feel the heat. And you know, all the, uh, the whole all thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds great. So the movie, uh, let's address that one more time here. So the movie next step is going to be see if someone's going to get it. And you mentioned January. If is this a month we can look forward to being able to view it somehow, or what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, if okay, so okay, so the na- the name of the movie is Wine Thief. So if you go right. on YouTube and you and you type in Wine Thief trailer, um, you'll be able to see it. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're going to sell it in, um, early November. So the streaming services that are going to put it up, we're anticipating January, but if they really like it, it may be in December. I mean, there is no content. Yeah. There's no content right now with the, um, strike that's going on with all the actors and, uh, you know, so there's, yeah, so we feel in, that we're in a really good position to, you know, maybe make a little extra money on the movie than than if we were, you know, you know, in, in back in last December. When right. There's yeah. a lot of content out there, so it's going to be interesting to see. It's exciting, but yeah, we're looking. I'm I'm just saying January because it could be before that, but I don't want to say that because. You know, I don't know. I'm on the acting side and, and, and that yeah, thing. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have to go out there and put a hat on and look, you know, like a character. So it's going to be there fun. You go. Yeah, yeah, good. Mike, is there any questions, any comments you want to make to Terry? Yeah, actually, uh, I was checking online just to make sure no one jumped in there. But uh, you mentioned uh, you're a master distiller. And right. I, I don't think we've covered that process yet because we have we've had sommeliers on we've had uh master winemaker and that is are there different levels as a master distiller what's what's the process to uh to get that well okay that's a very very good question so a lot of people ask that and a lot of times i just tell people i'm just a distiller so i don't have to answer this question but (laughs) okay so yeah yeah but what i do differently than most people that make bourbons, you know, most people, you know, go with 70% corn, uh, 25% rye for a high rye and, you know, 5% something else. I like to use um, extra malts in mine, um, like a chocolate malt, a caramel malt. Um, You know, I like to go a little bit over to the left-hand side of the bourbon spectrum so that, when I when you taste my stuff, I can say, look, I've got a completely different story than everybody else. So, so when you ask, are you a master distiller? I'm like, absolutely, because if you're making your stuff over on the right hand side, you are just following a recipe that everybody in America is doing, and I'm trying to create um, these really neat bourbons and ryes that are over on the left hand side with some really cool malts some, uh, um, you know, some different barrel techniques that we use to put these different notes in it, but still make it taste, you know, on the bourbon side. I don't want to put it in a sherry um, 
uh, you know, barrel, and then you get these funky flavors out of it. It's all brand-new barrels. So to be a master distiller, I mean, I feel like you need to be, you know, something that's other than everyday bourbon making. Uh-huh. Yeah, very good. Okay, cool. Thank you. Was yeah. Just uh, just wondering. Uh, let me see. One minute. No, um, I think that's it. Yeah, I was just uh, curious about that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean the the bourbon the bourbon thing is 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 so interesting because you really have to have a craft, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And when I, I visit all these you know um, distilleries, and I love all the people there, but I'm always thinking, just think if you did it this way or if you did it that way, <laughs> you're just you know like in the wine business, like we talked earlier, you took a riesling from sweet to dry. Why do you have to take a bourbon from, you know, uh, 70, 25, 5, and when you could be adding all these extra complex um, malts in there and it makes something really, really, really neat. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's what a master stiller does. Bourbon. Okay. Now, I understood that bourbon comes from Kentucky, but you're not in Kentucky. You're, you're yeah, no, in that- all right, so this is another great question, and I hope everybody listens to this. Bourbon can may, be made in all 50 states. Um, it's not just made in Kentucky. Um, Bourbon County, Kentucky, was the largest county in Kentucky back in, like, the 1900s, and that's when they started making bourbon back there, and that's why they called it bourbon because it was made in Bourbon County, Kentucky, and that's okay. how that name came about. And now in America, you can make it in all 50 states, um, and it's the only place that you can make bourbon. You can't make it down in, in Mexican and in French. You can't make it in Japan. I mean, that word is an American word, and you can only make it here. Now, the parameters to make bourbon, you have to have at least 51% corn in a bourbon mix. So, and, and you have to age it in a brand-new oak barrel. And to call it um, straight bourbon whiskey, it has to stay in that barrel for four years. Oh, so wow. That's, that, yeah, that's kind of the collective. Um, that, those are the parameters that bourbon have. Okay. You know, because I, yeah. I, I, I've seen bourbon advertised from other places, and I'm thinking, well, isn't bourbon only from Kentucky? But I no. guess that's something no. that I uh, misinterpreted well, or – wasn't explained to me. Here, yeah. Here's something else that's interesting. So Kentucky, from where I'm sitting, is probably four miles. People mm. will buy a Kentucky bourbon that's four miles away from me, you know, ten times over an Ohio bourbon that's four miles away from Kentucky. Um, <laughs> so, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get $50. I only get 35 Um Yeah. But the stigma of of good bourbons is slowly turning to a thing that can be made in all 50 states. I mean, you go to Colorado, they're known for a couple different bourbons out there that are really good. Um, mm-hmm. You go to California, there's a couple bourbons that are really good. So the, the stigma of it's only coming from Kentucky is slowly, you know, dissolving, as I, if I could say that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, 
and you've got the big bourbon makers that are in Kentucky who are fighting that yep. dissolve quite strongly. Yep. And so, big. you know, they're fighting against that all the time, too. You know, I mean, you know, Buffalo Trace doesn't want California to be making a bourbon as well as them. So, you know, they're going to battle that. So. Well, and, and you know, it, you know, when I consult with people, the, the, the one thing I say is, you know, they're doing traditional bourbon. Um, you know, they, you know, I went to Knob Creek, and I was taking a tour, and at the end of the tour, the guys, you know, you know I taste some bourbon. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I like this. And they go, well, we've been making this bourbon, you know, for 100 <laughs> years the exact same way. And I looked Maybe. at them, I said, I think, yeah, you need to change your recipe, man, because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, After and they kicked my years. ass out. They said, yeah, they said, you're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't know how long a walk it is to the handicapped parking spot where I was parking to get the hell out of there, man. I just wanted to burn rubber and leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, you should have been a character instead of yourself there. <laughs> I know. I should have. I should have not said the truth. Yeah. That's, That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. yeah. Now I don't say anything like this. I go to a winery or distillery. I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah, good no. job. You know. You know, because uh, that's just what you have to, you know, they know, and I know, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. That's what you have to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. Well, Terry, I'm going to let you go for the night. Thank you so very much for coming on. It was really quite enjoyable and a lot of fun. And um, when Wine Thief comes out, when when there's a place where people can see it, uh, give me an email. Drop me an email uh, so I can announce it on the show and, and let people know and all that what's happening with it um yeah that'd be great we, i certainly appreciate that yeah because people will they'll uh overlook it or they won't see it unless they're actually looking for it because that's the way it is with most movies and shows and stuff like that and unless you're actually looking for it you just miss it so but sure. if you let me know uh drop me an email or or have your uh your publicist uh you know, I can't think of her name sure. at the moment, uh, but have yeah. her let Jen. me know. Jen. 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 There Jennifer. you go. Yeah. Have Jen uh, let me know. But let us know when, when it's going to come out and where it's going to be, and I'll get it announced, and I'll put up on my Facebook page and all that stuff on All About Wine. So thank Guys, you this so has been great. Good. I feel like I'm back on the radio again. It's just been, it's been <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been very enjoyable. So, thanks for taking okay. the time to join us tonight. It uh, it was uh, it was fun. It really was. So yeah, it's great. Uh, and if you get yourself signed up for any other acting jobs, uh, get in touch. We'll get you on. Let's talk about those. I will. I appreciate. it. Thank you. And anybody that's up in Cincinnati, thank you very much. Check out yeah. the mm. bourbon and the, the wines and all that up there. Yeah, just just Google my name, Terry Shumrick, and you, they can get a hold of me. Very good. Well, awesome. thank you again, thank you. Terry, and have yourself a good evening. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. All right. See you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. All right. Oh, there they are. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that was cool. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was a fun uh, fun time. Uh, yeah. 
So, all right. Uh, so once we find out anything about the wine thief, we will pass it on to everybody and so they can check it out, whatever venue or however it's going to be on. That's funny that yeah. he, he's talking about TV and stuff like that. Never mentioned anything like uh, online and so many of the people we've talked to and who have made movies have brought them out online. <laughs> but uh, he's talking yeah. about other venues. So, no, I, I thought that was curious. So. All righty. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? We're going to save this here. So, um, A couple of things I'm going to add. Uh, reiterate. On the on the mm -hmm. flood uh, on the hurricane, if uh, there's a lot of damage around here and all that, if you're so inclined, American Red Cross and signify that you want it donated to the hurricane relief. Uh, Idelia, uh, where they got that name? Idelia. I don't know. There's so many other eyes out there, but uh, let them know. And also, we would be derelict of our responsibilities without mentioning Mike's radio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. Flightline yeah. Radio. The whole thing. Flightlineradio.com And he's 24-7 streaming and he is live on Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. And a repeat of All About Wine is always on Saturdays at noon, so you can tune in on that. And, uh, you know, he's there's music all the time. You can always turn on the computer and turn on flightlineradio.com and just go and do your surfing or whatever you're doing and just listen to that in the background. I mean, that's uh, yeah. a good way to do it. Uh, so. Uh, Thank you. Pull it up. I do that Flight. myself. On the way home uh, from from work, I just tune. I mean, it's only like ten minutes, but uh, I listen to it. But it's oh, enough. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll plug it in and you know and pull it up and just listen to it in the background while I'm you know surfing through stuff and all that. And so uh, it's kind of early. But, uh, yeah, it's an early time frame, but um, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't. My, you're too early in the morning on Saturday. Now. On Friday evening, I used to listen to you, but Saturday morning, you're you're, you're yeah. asking a lot there, Mike, for me to get. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. That <laughs> is, that is tough. Yeah, that is a tough one. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, well, thank you for that. And uh, yes, uh, last week I announced that I uh, did the replay on Sunday, which, and then I looked, I was doing something to get the show started. Oh, find uh Oh, okay. I got that. Uh yeah, thank you very much on uh where'd that come from? Facebook or Facebook. Uh find us Wine Thief. And I've seen the name before. Is it Lana or Elena? L A N A. Um oh, she's know. the one on uh, YouTube that the the, the uh, YouTube trailer. Um anybody out there go go on YouTube if you want to see a trailer. I, I watched it uh, before the show and Ron told me about it. And uh go on YouTube Google Wine Thief trailer and it's like the top link up there and definitely check out the uh, trailer. Uh, you know, I, we've had some that are on here and I'm thinking it's a home movie. No, this is an actual movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's, 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 it's well, professional. Well, 
a young professional yeah. way. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. So I uh, can't wait to to see this come out uh, definitely, and and uh, wish it you know the best of luck, uh, um, and you know prosperous uh, uh what other words uh, out there but uh i hope it does well um when they pitch it and uh people you know the the outlets uh, buy into it and it's uh it, it's it takes off so um and but, it's a uh, comedy thank you, for, uh, you know yeah, when you yeah. when you start doing wine movies most of the time they're not they're documentary type styles and yes to get something that's a, a comedy this it's really should be interesting should yeah. be fun that's that's what got me on the trailer. I looked at that and I go, oh, this isn't like a, like a documentary, you know, filmed with a, a a GoPro and a and a selfie stick. You know, this is right. This is yeah. actually done. You know, it was it was very impressive. So, yeah, thank you very much for the uh, the quick chat there uh, off of Facebook. I appreciate it. But uh, go on Google, search for uh, uh, wine thief, wine thief uh, trailer. And uh, you'll see, you'll watch the trailer. It's about two minutes long, I think, uh, maybe yeah, two minutes two, and change. But, two, uh, and, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Um, thank you for that. And, um, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more uh, as the as the time goes on. But uh, I think we'll yeah. that. I'm yeah. looking forward so, uh, to watching it myself, actual actual movie. So yeah, yeah. yep, just caught that. Uh, all right, we are going to be. Signing out for our last uh, broadcast of August. The next show will be September the 7th. Uh, that is next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live right here on, I don't know how many outlets we're on now, but uh, <laughs> we're live on Club <laughs> Radio, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Flightline Radio without the video. So uh, thank you all very much, and have a great week. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Check, check out the... Um... Uh, our guest next week, and I don't have him in front of me right now, but we do have a guest coming up next week. So Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry Eisterhold. Um, yeah, it was Jerry uh, right? Was that, yeah, I think so. Yeah, three guys. Podcast. Uh, Terravox. Terravox Winery. Terravox Winery. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. He's he's the uh, he's the other one. Another one that's uh, we talked about American native grapes. Couple of weeks ago, well, he's another one who has an actual winery in Missouri, uh, Western Missouri, and he grows all yeah. sorts of American grapes. So that should be another interesting show. So tune in for that next week. I wanted to give him a yeah. quick plug before we went on here. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, we'll have a live next week. Thank you. Right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> be safe. Bye. See you next week. Yep. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine, all about wine. with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All about wine. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Very good. Let me go back to the green, the green room. Go to the green room. Go to the green room.